Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Creative Control with Vish Khan. Hey, how's it going? Hey, you know, my kid and I went to the park the other day, and my kid, he's three, and he likes girls. And sometimes when he sees girls, he doesn't know what to do with himself. I've seen it. He'll see a guy, like a little kid guy, like a guy, you know, like a little boy, and I'm like, hey, hey, guy, how's it going? Hey, guy, hey. But if he sees a girl, he gets, like, weird. He, he goes like, oh, hey, hi. He doesn't, it's like he's, I think, uh, flirting? I can't, I'm probably reading too much into it, but it's a little odd. I actually saw him, he and a little girl were up at the top of a slide. And he has this tendency now, when he sees women, women, when he sees other little girls, he doesn't know what to say to them, and he gets so nervous that he just shouts catchphrases at them that he's read or has heard in books. So, he and this little girl at the top of a slide... And she hasn't said a thing to him. She's just kind of looking at him with a little kind of cynical look in her face. And and he goes, Oh, <laughs> uh, you can say that again. Hasn't said it. She hasn't said anything. She goes down the slide. I'm at the bottom of the slide waiting for him to come down because he's never been on the big slide. She comes down to the bottom of the slide and I I'm, I'm, I'm know for a fact that she said, I heard her mutter, What a weirdo. So like my, my son and this girl are in some kind of weird toddler dating scene. She rejected him. Anyway, that's the thing that happened, and I... My son's great. He loves the... Anyway, he loves good stuff. We... I... He's obsessed with the Ramones right now. And I don't want to be one of these people that talks about other... It's a phase, you know, I know it's fleeting, but he's, like, naming... In, like, just inanimate objects are... Joey, Johnny, Dee Dee, and Marky. Like, that's how... He loves it. He just stares at the front cover of Road to Ruin and End of the Century. He just can't stop staring at the album covers. He stares at them like he's studying... Anyway, kids... Fun. On the show today, Culture Reject, Michael O'Connell, a guy I knew a little bit uh, when he lived in Guelph. Not much. In fact, I'd say, no, you know what? I didn't even know. I, I knew that he had lived in Guelph, and then he moved to Toronto, and then I knew him here and there. He was friends of friends. So I don't know him super well, but we've gotten to know each other. And uh, a while ago now, he and I had a chat about his most recent release, Forces. And because he's playing the Hillside Festival in Guelph this July, I'm finally playing the episode. I didn't know what to do with it. You know, nothing. I just, it's been sitting here. Anyway, you know how this goes if you listen to the show all the time. Sometimes I just wait till the right time. Now it's the right time. 
So this is myself and Culture Reject. Michael O'Connell, you're going to hear a Culture Reject song in its entirety at the end of the show, uh, end of the interview, sorry. So here you go, myself, Culture Reject. This week, the Bookshelf Cinema is screening Under the Skin, The Grand Budapest Hotel, La Boheme, Edward Scissorhands, The Lunchbox, Only Lovers Left Alive, and more. On Thursday, May 29th, you can decide if you want to catch Odd Years, The Morals, and The Boo Radley Project. And on June 1st, you can see Donovan Woods, John Hines, and Sarah J. Felker. Both shows take place at the E-Bar. And that's Sea Diver from John Hines' excellent new record, Watchful Creatures, playing in the background right now. The Bookshelf is an independently owned culture hub located at 41 Quebec Street in Guelph. Visit bookshelf.ca for more information. I just discovered, uh, you know, I think you and I have, uh, have things in common. I like to think we do. We're, we both spent some time in Guelph. Mm-hmm. Are you from Guelph? No, I'm from St. Catharines. You're from well, St. Catharines. I mean, yeah, I was born, I was I was raised in St. Catharines. You are raised in St. Catharines? I went to university in Guelph. Okay. Yeah. And so I, we have kind of Guelph connections. Mm-hmm. I, uh, You used to play in a band called Black Cabbage with Michael Barkley and Tristan O'Malley. Yep, and a few other people. And a few other people. And I played in a band with them called the Neutron Stars. That's right, I remember so that. So we have a bit of a connection that way. And I just discovered today that both of us like to sit while we pee. Yeah. <laughs> it's civil. I think it's more civil. It's less messy, and some people raise their eyebrows about it. My wife the other day is like, how are you going to explain this to your son? I'm like, I don't know what to explain. Like, when, I, when I'm in, a, if I had a urinal installed in my house, I would stand. Absolutely. I got excited actually about the possibility one day of just having like a man bathroom. Yes. Like in my house. <laughs> I just think it'd be, really, it'd be really good. I think I think the women in my house would really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I know I would. I and my son would. It's, it's incredibly messy and gross to yeah. stand and it's, I know we shouldn't get into it too much because we're eating. You we're made a eat. nice breakfast for us. I'd add some peaches to that because I think you're going to like that. Throw some peaches right in? What, did, what did you just, make? What is this? So this is, it's just like rice and peas with like a... It's like a it's a hack style, but there is coconut milk in it and a bit of uh, some spice, some allspice, some rosemary. Where'd you learn to cook? Um, I didn't. I just like, you know, I just experiment. I love to experiment. I actually made this rice and peas yesterday, and I put pear in it, 
and that was delicious. That was mm. really good. And a bit of hot sauce will help. Will go a long way here. We have Piri Piri and Frank's Red Hot Sauce. This is very good. Right when, when did uh, when you say that you you experiment? I mean, this has a if this had a, a, a sort of cultural orientation, you know, the flavors, the the sort of medley of things together. What would you suggest it might be? What I part of the world? I I <clears throat> I think Caribbean, maybe. Maybe more Jamaican than Trinidadian. I'm not sure. Hmm. I'm not entirely sure, but I mean, we got hard-boiled egg in there too. I guess that's pretty universal. Yeah, I think so too. Well, maybe I don't know. Actually, I don't know if hard-boiled egg is a but necessarily. Pe- but peaches, we're talking Niagara, Niagara fruit belt. Mm-hmm. A little peach right in there is just a nice bit of sweetness. You have a in your musical palette. There's also, I would say, kind of multicultural. It's worldwide. And some of the places you just described, I hear in your music. Hmm. I hear some Caribbean stuff. You know, it, some of it evokes a kind of a tropical nature. Hmm. Would you say that's true? I think so. And I don't know if it's intentional or not. Like, it's just, it's just how it ends up coming out. It's hmm. just how I. Like I never think, you know what. I should reggae this one up. <laughs> it, ne- it never feels like that, and I, I never actually feel like I get to a point where I'm like playing reggae music or or any. But but I don't know. Yeah, I guess like sunny beaches is kind of an inspiration in some funny way, like really? so- sonically, not 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 lyrically, but but sonically, like it, it feels like that. Have you spent a lot of time in that in those areas? The, some of the areas that uh, sort of come through in your music, islands, things like that. I've never been to the Caribbean. God, I would love to go to the Caribbean. Hmm. I'm waiting for a time when I can go and and just like, like, enjoy the real culture that's there and like immerse myself in the real culture that's there as opposed to. I think you have to have. I think it feels like you may have maybe have to have a little bit more money and a little more time, than just sitting on a, resort beach, which I've never. Done, you haven't done so that. I've never done that. But you've been to like Cuba and stuff. I've, yeah, but and in Cuba, that was that was one of those trips. We took our kids there for a month, and just just traveled all over the place on buses on like like 1946 like Chevy cars mm-hmm. running on like 1986 Hyundai engines mm-hmm. and it was just like that was a really cool that was an amazing uh, journey like it was really cool to take our kids there they were really young like my son was five my daughter was six when was this? 2005 okay so just before I made like that first record and yeah, and, and that was, there was something spectacular about that. And it was really cool because if you walk around the beach there, if you're just like anywhere with a guitar, you're so approachable. And people just want to approach people you. People want to talk to you. Yeah, they want to talk to you right away. Typically, they want to do an exchange of, uh, like a cultural exchange where, where they're, they're just like, can, we, can I play a song for you and can you play a song for me? Like, oh. let's, just, let's just do that. So that happened a lot. Really? Yeah, it was just because cool. you were walking around with a with guitar. With a guitar, yeah. Are you ever self-conscious being like a white guy in a in a foreign place just walking around with I presume an acoustic guitar? In what way? Like self-conscious like like Well, like, there's uh, kind of a connotation where, you know, sometimes people don't put their guitars down when they're supposed to. Yeah, like right. there's a joke about this. Okay, I don't know like who this. made it. Like the guy at the party that won't put the guitar down. Oh my I've God, made that yeah. joke about myself, you know. He's <laughs> like, "Oh, I just mm-hmm. I'm going to play guitar and I don't know how to play guitar." You you actually know what you're doing, but Sometimes it, it can be a weird... I don't know if it's always a good look to just I, I walk like around that. with a guitar, you yeah. know? 
So, and you know, you've got the guts to do it in a place you're not even familiar with. Yeah. So that says something about you. I love, I love that. <laughs> it also says that I, I'm not aware that maybe I shouldn't do that. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> maybe I should be like, <laughs> no, but now it turned I am out self-conscious. No, no, no. But it turned out well. I mean, you made friends. Yeah, yeah, totally. It. Like I, it, I remember actually at the end of that, of one specific day of like the very first day it happened, I was like, oh my god, that was that was really sweet. Like we met this really amazing guy, and he spent like two hours with us in the afternoon, and. And we, we, we went back and forth with a bunch of songs for a while. And that was, that was really cool. But I do know that I had some really great cynical friends in high school and, and throughout university who would just be like, oh, God, you're not going to like pull your guitar out <laughs> and do that right now. Are you? Like, that, that's going to kill this whole party. Right, <laughs> so I, right. Which is interesting because it seems to me that you're coming at music uh, on a social level in general. Like when mm-hmm. we, I alluded to Black Cabbage, which for those who don't know, some people jokingly call it the first broken social scene because it was like a sprawling, what, 12, 13? How many people were in that band? There was, there, was, there was eight and nine as a core, but that was only after we went through like 12. We used to play, I think, as twelve as a 12-piece on the Jimmy Jazz patio. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, and then it just like broke down into a little bit more of a core. But that, the core was, like I think, at any time, eight people. Right, and so that, yeah. on some level, that was a social thing mm-hmm. i mean you were friends totally happened to be playing music and uh and then you went from that to kind of you had to break out from that and play by yourself for a long time right yeah and why was that like what what, what, what why did you feel compelled to do that uh, because i like i loved what i learned in that band and i felt like i had a lot of um like impulse like I, I my impulses were really strong in that band but but I don't know if the character of the kind of music I really really wanted to make was in there I, and I think that arguably that would be the same for everybody like yeah we compromised a lot and, and and I learned things that I never would have learned Nick Crane taught me so much about like composition and and Michael Barkley taught me so much about taste and you know like there was just there was all sorts of um, things that I learned there that I just wouldn't have learned otherwise but in the end, I was just like, I kind of felt, I think when I left it, I felt a little more lost than I did hmm. found in who I was. And so I was just like, I, I totally just want to, I just want to like express my music and just see where that, see what that is even, you know? Yeah. I mean, when you got a multi-headed beast like that, it, I imagine there was a lot of, well, I imagine there were loggerheads. I imagine there was compromise, that kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And you go out on your own. It's a little less so. So eventually you start working on the songs uh, that will become culture reject right i mean this as i recall didn't you do a tour with aaron riches like on a bus or something oh my god yeah yeah. that was it was just you two right yeah it was like i was i was just i was (laughs) i i think about that maybe weekly that was an epic trip really it was a 30-day bus trip out to like out west like we made it as far i think we went as far as victoria but definitely as far as vancouver and like the interior and Winnipeg and like we, we did the whole prairies and we did this in 30 days and we played, are you ready? 28 shows. Wow. And so, you know, you can't, there's, that doesn't even account for all the travel time if you play 28 shows in that time. And, and that was an interesting time. I was thinking of that because Aaron was... Aaron group, was also at that time had left like a punk band called totally. Minnow and was going solo. And then this was before he was in a band called Royal City. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I have a and and it was interesting because I think where Aaron was at was he was really into, like I actually have so much respect for the ambition he had on that tour, which was just like he wanted to write a song a day. He wanted to write a song a day and have a new song for almost every performance, and he pretty much pulled that off. Like he was he was pretty close to you know. I was always amazed, and for me, I was just like, I was also wanting to, but I had already like 
written some songs and I was just like, I really just want to perfect my show. I wanted to, to be, I think, and I think I was maybe just caught up a bit in the vanity of showmanship and things like that. Sure. And, and so we, yeah, we had like an interesting, we had an interesting, like, I think we both cut our teeth on that tour, like mm-hmm. a lot. There was a lot of teeth cutting, which was, which was really good, that I, I'm pretty proud of. Because you hadn't done that before. Like before Black Cabbage, did you do anything like that? Not really. I played some solo shows here and there and thought about leaving the band and then, you know, like that I would do that. But yeah, that was just like, that was in like, I think 1997 we did that. <clears throat> that, was, that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No, he speaks uh, fondly of that too, or he did anyway. I don't, I haven't talked to him about it in a long we, time. We, <laughs> we, we totally had like, we had some meltdowns for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, which I actually, which I, which I love too. I think they're a good, like, I think it's good to have colored history with people who you respect, you know? <laughs> well, Aaron probably did, Aaron probably did a stint in Black Cabbage as a drummer at totally. some point. Yeah. yeah. We were yeah. thinking maybe, like maybe we could have a 30th anniversary like drummer calendar or something like you yeah know. you've went through there's, quite a few yeah there's like drummers. 12 there's 12 drummers for sure really can, oh yeah like there's aaron sam sino nathan laura that's three uh, we probably don't need to name everybody. pat mooney pat yeah, mooney could, wow uh, yeah rob leader it would just keep going and going <laughs> it would just keep going and going <laughs> <laughs> that'd be quite a show yeah so uh you made the first record which i love very much and uh and but it took you a while i as i recall you started working on it, and then you tinkered a lot with it. Totally. And why? What does that? What does that say about you? Why were you tinkering so much? I don't know if it's insecurity or if it's just that it's if it comes back to that impulse of finding my voice. So, like, I love I love writing songs, and I think when I record songs, I I listen to them, and then I'm like, oh, and I real like I start to I start to hear like. I don't know. It's like breaking things down into fractions or something. I'm like, okay, well, this is like a really nice drum beat, but imagine if I broke this down into like sixteenths and got rid of the drums. Actually, I just did sixteenths on a tambourine. I think it would just sound way better, hmm. you know. So like, I start to just think in those ways, and then and then this like little micro orchestra in my head starts to take over, and I start to hear like, this would sound really nice if this vocal was just accompanied just for the tail end of the melody with a nylon string guitar so that you know and then it just keeps going like that and i kind of can't stop you know like it's a bit insane i think you mean this kind of the tinkering or the layers like it seems to me that a lot of your work is very multi-layered yeah like a lot of i I hear i don't hear overdubbing but i hear like a lot of things that probably started out kind of skeletal and then just got piled on with little tasteful things is is that what happens i think yeah i'm gonna call the tinkering and the layering is like they're just synonymous with one. <laughs> That's what the tinkering is. Yeah, the tinkering like, is It's not quite right. And yeah. I mean, as much as you're adding, are you subtracting? Are you just like, uh, mm. are you building things up and then being like, uh, no, 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 no. I got to take this back down. Yes. Yeah. That happens a lot. And yeah. this, this, this last record I did was, was a bit, bit more informed by how the first record happened. So there was way more off, like live off the floor with a bass player, uh, Carly Howell and um, a backup singer and sort of, keyboardist glockenspielist carrie north Mm -hmm. and so we did more live off the floor and then i was pretty happy with those recordings we did it at six nassau it's like a nice studio it was sounding really good and then you do it with jeff uh no with uh james anderson james anderson okay and then uh, and then i and then the same but then it happened i was just like yeah things are kind of barren and weird so i took i packed up my car i have a photograph of just like how i packed everything into my car that i could possibly pack like (laughs) keyboards like actually this old synthesizer speaking of tristan o'malley tristan o'malley has this old korg kit uh, synthesizer or roland i don't know it's anyways it's it's just gorgeous wait a second did this not live in jim guthrie's house for quite some time for a long time tristan will mention this from time to time be like jim still has my synthesizer now you've got it is that what you're saying (laughs) tristan i think knows that 
I think he knows at this point that I have it. And uh, so, yeah, pack that, drums, amps. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Like every little percussion piece I had, and I just brought it up to a cabin, like up in Kilbear Park, and had a blast. Like just like, t- then I, fe- I felt like, okay, yeah, now the record has the character I want. And, but that was it. Like it was like one weekend of, of overdubbing and micro overdubbing and then and then I it was great I, I actually didn't I wasn't present for the mix hi buddy Mino 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 is my cat hi Mino meow into the mic no no meow I like when cats are on my show okay sorry will so, meow eventually okay so you, you do this you pile everything up and you go and and then and then at the, the at the end of that weekend I was like I have everything I want for this for this record in terms of instrumentation and then I was able to put it on a hard drive and send it to Sackville, which is where James Anderson lives now. That's right. And then he mixed the whole thing in a cabin, which was really cool. Oh, the uh, the Confidence Lodge? Is that what it's called? Oh, I don't know. There's a Well, that's in Halifax. Or okay. I think, I don't know. I shouldn't even speak. Yeah, There's yeah, a no, cabin, okay. cabin studio that John McKeel, I think, has. Maybe I'm mixing all of these things up. I don't know. <laughs> or maybe it's, it's great. Maybe it's Diego. I can't remember. Somebody has a setup there, and it's. I think it's a lodge. Anyway, okay. it might not be the same place. You should know this. It's your record. I know. I really should. Well, actually, what I understand is that his um, he started it in Newfoundland. At his his dad runs a like a camp, mm. like a like a just a big camp that people go to and camp. And it's a bunch of cabins. So his dad said, you know, uh, you're here for the summer or the winter. I don't know when. It was. I can't even think of when it was. But anyways, he's like, <laughs> take over a cabin. So James like set it up and did a cabin. And, and then he called me about two weeks later and says, I've moved. I moved from Newfoundland to Halifax. Oh, or sorry, Sackville, Sackville, mm-hmm. and then and then he he found a nice little setup there and he did the whole thing. He mixed the whole thing there, but it was really interesting to get mixes back. And I'd be like, okay, maybe a little less reverb can you know can a rim shot be like lowered? It was really fun, kind of to mix a record like that. You mean you did it kind of over the phone, basically? Kind of over email, over email. And then every now and again, we'd be like, okay, this this involves a conversation because he'd be frustrated with something and, and mm. I'd be frustrated. So we'd just, you know, yeah. you know how e- emails are not a good form well, yeah, for people emotional say that. communication. People say that about texts and stuff too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. So this record has a complicated history that it's been all over the country before it's come out. How much of it reflects Toronto? I'm trying to figure mm, out yeah. uh, just lyrical themes and things like that, because uh, some of it seems like when I think of, is it talking easy? That's mm-hmm. the song. I mean, that one seems to kind of reflect your character, but also, I don't know, when I hear it, I hear it sort of as a reflection of the crush of people around you and how, like, there's sort of maybe one person that understands <laughs> yeah. understands you on some level and uh, maybe the rest of 
humanity does it. Anyway, I'm just reading into it. But can you talk about uh, Toronto and what uh, how it maybe maybe is reflected on the record? Sure. Um, and it's called Forces, right? Forces, yeah. Which also seems like external. Like that there's something going totally. on. Yeah. Yeah. I always think of Forces as an internal and an external thing. And like, yeah, like this record, I think was like a lot. Like, like thematically, was a lot about like con- control, maybe like just how much control you sort of have inside out like you know like over yourself which i always which i'm a huge advocate of like i work a lot with young people like young young sort of like i would i guess i would say people who live on the margins um and like you know like socioeconomically they're on the margins they 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 experience racial barriers so there's like a lot of things that happen and i think like a song like talking easy comes from that work where i kind of where people have said that i'm the one that they can talk to um, oh, or see. that they're looking for someone they can talk to. And, and that, I mean, that song is as much my own narrative as it is a comment on, on people who I've witnessed just needing like a solid person in their life because their parents weren't that or their parents can't be that. They just didn't, weren't able to do it, you know, like or that kind of thing. And I don't know, where is Toronto and the rest of that record? Toronto itself is a bit of a force. That's yeah, why I mean, I, I'm, I'm reading too yeah. much into it. No, but. no, no. It's it's totally fine. Like and 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 like timeless outrage has a, an element of that too. Just sort of dealing with a lot of, um, or like just just considering a lot of the people I know who are like in different activist um, things in Toronto and just trying to sort of have a voice, just get a bit of press for what they're concerned about or the sure. causes they're concerned about. Like, it, do 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 you think the record is well, is there a, a theme of communication? Because yeah. I, I feel like a little bit like there is. Yeah, you, you write these these songs that are very memorable. You know, they're infectious in their own way, and and that is in itself a form of communicating. Yeah, and sort of an access point for someone, like making it accessible for someone. Yeah, but at the same time, I think bubbling under the surface is a bit of frustration and a bit of totally. You know, yeah. who knows what. It's interesting that you say that about theme and communication. So I was, I've been doing other, like I just, I've been doing some writing workshops with people and just having fun doing that, like lyric writing workshops. And someone said to me, uh, I said, so we're going to deal with today. We're going to deal with a theme of identity. And someone said, you know, that that's actually not a theme. Like theme is like subject plus opinion. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, it kind of got me thinking like, like theme, there's no such thing as a th- like, I mean, we misuse the word theme if we say revenge, like I'm just saying this is their opinion. And I, I've been I've been wrestling with this. So if we just say like the theme is revenge, it's like, no, that's not the theme. That's the subject. Right. And the theme is revenge is useless. Right, right. Or right. like there was this sort of this sort of these things started to come up. And yeah, like. Like I, I always just think like, yeah, communication is like detrimental. <laughs> like it's becoming more and more important, um, especially just like I've been thinking too. like, like you ever just sort of go like, OK, I'm on a road trip with my kid. How do my parents ever do a road trip like without the Internet or like without yeah, you cell do. phones? Yeah. Like, you know, all this stuff. And like, you know, how did they, people do this like 50 years ago? And like and even we're still kind of fucked up around communication. Yeah. We still like don't communicate well. And and, you know, I don't know, like. Like kids, like my daughter's friends and their kids are breaking up with each other on text. And it's just like, wow, that's really <laughs> awful. Well, I mean, but I mean, it's also just part of that generation. I remember getting caught for sending notes around in the classroom. Yeah. The very primitive form of texting, I guess. And now mm-hmm. it's, you know, it's actually somehow more distracting. I don't know. Yeah, I, I haven't had to. My kid isn't old enough for me to 
sort of witness that. You sort of take it for granted until you see your kid playing around with your phone and he knows how to use your smartphone yeah. and look at photos and you're like, oh, like... But I mean, that's everyone, every generation, every generation. is going through this. Like, totally. oh, there's a new thing. How are they going to deal with it? And then yeah. they deal with it. Totally, yeah. And it's fine. I mean, that's just... I never is. even think it's not even so much the younger generations too. It's just sort of like, like older people as well. And just like going back to what I was saying about how email is like the worst way to sort of communicate emotionally. But I just find that people do it. Like they just sort of get this balls and guts when they're on their computer. I don't know if I agree with it. Yeah. I, I don't know if I agree with your sentiment. With that, okay. Because we've been writing and reading books for centuries. Yeah. It's the written word. Yeah. We have been able to deduce what's what we want, and, you know, whatever meaning we want. That's okay. You haven't... I want to wrap this up because you need to eat. You're okay. not eating. But Thanks. I just think that... I, I feel like when people say, oh, email, texting, it's not... It's, mm-hmm. I think it's a, a slight subversive attack on the written word. Because I think that... Point. I think reading books, we all read, we all like... And no one is like, oh, I wish I could have a... I talked to Ernest Hemingway about what he said. Everyone's yeah. like, no, I kind of got it or I got my what I wanted from it. And I think emails and texts, you know, should be taken at that level. I'm not saying we're all writing like great literary giants, but I think there's we're somehow something about the medium is separating us from the meaning of it. Yeah. Like we've, we've basically said, oh, I can't deal with this. Let's just talk on the phone. Yeah. But really, that's it's weird. It's like a weird literacy thing where we're not willing to accept that as a message that we want to process, but community, I don't know. I don't no, know. No, no, no. You know, I, like I feel you. Like I'm, I'm willing to be, I'm willing to be switched and changed and influenced on, at this breakfast table right now. Oh, yeah. sorry. Yeah. That's okay. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I think, I think you're right. And uh, there's just for me, like just sometimes a sadness because I just, I love to talk. I love, I love watching people talk. I love watching people write their name. I love watching, you know, like I, I love, I love like that, that sort of level of communication. And, so I mean, if people do communicate and it's like text and it's digital or it's whatever like that, I get it. Like that's you know, it totally makes sense. I just I I just hate to see it replace. Like I just think it should increase our communication capacity, not not limit it. Well, know? I mean, I'm not I'm just not an expert on it, but yeah. it is interesting that people will attack all of the new forms for being closing us off yeah. from communicating when really it should and it is really opening up writing and, and communicating. Yeah, there's you know he'll probably very sound arguments against what I'm saying, but I don't quite get it. I feel yeah. like all of this might be, all the texting, all of it might be good. Everyone's yeah. writing more, and I think, and, and communicating more with language. Yeah. And I think that's, how can that be bad? I, I can't figure that out, except for the fact that, you know, there are, you know, people at parties or, I'm guilty of this. You're on your phone instead of, well, I'm, I could be talking to you right now. Yeah. You're lucky I'm not on my phone. <laughs> Or I'm, I'm such a rude guy with my phone. Like, who emailed me? Who, like, that part is problematic. Yeah. And, and you know, but these are the, yeah. It's that's just, a theme. That's a good theme. That's you know, a, this that's is, a this theme. Is, this point, this, uh, this, this technology is, this use of this technology is problematic. Yes. Yeah. The use of it, but I actually think that it's a, you know, it's a double-edged sword or whatever. I think there's actually some real merits to it as well. I'm, I'm glad that we had this conversation. I, I, feel, I feel richer. I feel better. <laughs> good. I do. So what's coming up next for Culture Reject? Got the record out. Yeah, um, the the record is an interesting beast because you asked, you said you know sort of it's been all over like the country. It it, it um I don't think it has. Oh well, it's like so it's it's interesting. It is for me. It's kind of an interesting uh, backstory. So I toured, did some touring in Europe, and met a guy in France there, and he was like one day he said you know I really 
I don't know what I don't know what we're doing here, but why don't we have more culture reject music? I'd like to, you know I'd like to put it out on vinyl. Nice. So I said, okay, well um, I'll send you some tracks that I'm working on, and we can do it. So that that's how this record came out. So it's a vinyl record um, put out in France. It was pressed in London, England. From Sa- I went right from Sackville. I got I got <laughs> I got James to like send the versions right from Sackville. And then, but then it's also on digital with White Whale, which is sort of Vancouver based. Yeah, like it kind Toronto of feels now, like, isn't it? Isn't Ryder here? I think Ryder lives in Vancouver. I think Ryder's oh, back. back. back, back oh, okay. Sorry. Or, or no longer in Berlin now. Now maybe, <laughs> maybe in Seattle. We shouldn't I'm get not, into yeah. we shouldn't get into Ryder uh, Havdale's business, but he runs this uh, White Whale Records, and I thought he was in Toronto. He was, yeah, but I, from I, Vancouver, and now yeah. you're saying he could be anywhere. He's in Australia, actually. Right, right. <laughs> he's, he's, he's unfindable. <laughs> he's we un- don't know yeah. where he is. Okay. Um, so I, I love the life of it. And then, yeah, like, I think it's like, uh, it's like, a, what, do, what do we do now? Um, and we just, we, I'm so happy because we have a really, I think we have a really great live show. Like, like one that I'm really proud of. Like yeah. I haven't been proud of a live show in a long time. I've always felt like I've just thrown it together. It's been in the moment. It's like, yeah, I'm going to go play a show. I'll rehearse a little bit, but, um, it feels like we really, we're really grounded in what we're doing. And that means a lot to me. So uh so i think we're just gonna try and play shows okay yeah we just played in montreal and ottawa and did some did a bunch of shows there and they were really like they were amazing they were magical for me there was great crowds busy crowds yeah oh i'm, I'm happy for you you know yeah. i'm a fan and I, I'm, I'm glad we had this this chance to talk I you mean, see where can people learn more about culture reject um i think probably just like the classic myspace uh band camp um you could l- learn more just by uh you got like a website, like a, your own website? I don't have my own website. No, okay. I don't, I don't, should I have my own no, website? No, 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 not necessarily. Okay. It sounds like you got a lot, a lot going yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, you can find out more too on the White Whale website. Yeah. Um, you could go to sketch.ca to find out more about the work I do with young people in Toronto. There and, you go. And across GTA, I think, because that would inform a lot of maybe lyrical uh, content. Yeah. So what do you want to, if we were to go to a song yeah. from the record, yeah. Forces, what, what would you pick? I'm a really big fan of Quicksand. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I would say quicksand. Well, what what is it about quicksand that that compels you to choose it? Um, I like I, I forget. Like I sort of recorded that pretty quick and um, and put puts like the 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 elements of that song um, because it was a bit overdubbed. Uh, the elements of that song I'm still catching up to. Like I, I kind of feel like I I had a bold some bold moments and made bold choices and and I'm still sort of catching up to those what those choices are. So the song actually kind of still stimulates my brain when I hear it. It's oh. nice. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Thanks. Quick set.
Hey, thanks again for checking out Creative Control with Vish Khanna. You can email me about the show at creativecontrol933 at gmail.com. That's creative with a K, control with a K, 933 at gmail.com. You can also follow our Twitter at Vish Creative, V-I-S-H-K-R-E-A-T-I-V-E. And you can also like our Facebook page. A version of this show airs on CFRU in Guelph every Wednesday at noon Eastern. And you can listen to that online at CFRU.ca or if you're in the KW region at 93.3 FM in Guelph. You can also sign up for the weekly mailing list for the podcast and the, and the show at vishkana.com and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. I believe that is everything I wanted to tell you. Thank you once again. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.